Hi, this is Leslin from Try This at Home. What are you afraid of? I'm not asking about snakes, spiders, or heights. What are you really afraid of? How does fear drive your reactions? How does it play out in your relationship or your willingness to take chances? Today, we're talking about it. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and settle in. When your day goes south or your relationship gets salty, you need tools that will turn it around with decades of experience and a variety of perspectives between them. Leslie Sleesman and Leslin Kantner bring you tips and tricks for solving problems, increasing happiness, and creating your best life. Together, they're sharing ideas you can take home and try. Each week, their discussion will zero in on one idea, one technique, or one activity that has the potential to make your life a little better. And now, here is Leslie and Leslin with Try This at Home. Hi, Leslin. Hey there. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> you know, we... <laughs> We were just talking, and I, I'm laughing because I want to share with everybody, we were just talking about how we're usually recording this in the morning, so it's just very... It's natural. Natural, yeah, yeah, to say good morning, and yet I'm acutely aware that not everybody listens to us in the morning, so I, I wondered if we should shift it up a little bit. Yeah, and say something other than good morning, and we were brainstorming, and the only thing that we could come up with was, hey... Hey, it doesn't speak much for our communication skills, does Yeah, it? right. So that's that's as good as we've got. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is that you're listening to yes. us. Good morning. <laughs> oh, gosh. So um, what are we talking about today? So we're, we're going to have a conversation about fear, which is really one of my favorite topics, just because it's so much a part of everybody's life. Yeah. So I know you just said we're not talking about snakes, but I need to talk about snakes for a minute. Sure. <laughs> so I don't I don't like snakes. I don't do snakes either. I, I think most people probably feel similarly. I was helping my dad clean his basement a couple weeks ago. He's moving. And I was opening these, you know, bins and boxes and stuff. And I looked at him and I said, Dad, I said, there is a very strong part of me that is worried that I'm going to open up one of these bins and there's going to be a snake inside. And he's like, no, B, there's not. My nickname is B. He's like, no, B, there's not going to be a snake inside. You're you're crazy. There's no snakes down here. And I said, oh, you know, okay. And I kept cleaning, kept cleaning. And we were talking about throwing away this lamp. And I told my husband, who's also helping, I said, hey, can you take this lamp out to the trash? And I looked down, and at the base of the lamp, there was this little brown coil underneath the lamp. <laughs> and I was like, oh, hell no, that's a snake. And I took off, pushed past my kids. They can get eaten by a snake. I don't even care. <laughs> and I run for the stairs. And I start, like, instantly sweating. Like, I was not sweating from box, you know, cleaning the boxes and stuff. I was, like, sweating because of the snake. And my dad walks over and he's like, B, this is not a snake. And I'm like, you're a liar! <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it's a snake. <laughs> and he said, don't worry, it's just a baby. And I said, where's the mother? <laughs> I was like, I could not be controlled. I ran upstairs. I was seriously cold sweating the back of my neck. I couldn't breathe. I was like, Okay, okay. I mean, snakes 
are really scary. Yeah, I mean, yes, I'm not sure that I would have had that reaction. <laughs> but, you know, the what you're describing is obviously a really natural but maybe innate part of you, right? Yes. You have a fear of snakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I have a fear. God of... said snakes are bad. <laughs> is that where it comes from? Oh my sure. Goodness. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to make myself feel I wish I wish I'd been in the basement. Oh, I was... I really do. Oh my God, Satan <laughs> is right. present in this home. I'm surprised you didn't have somebody come and do a an exorcism. An exorcism, yes. <laughs> no, no, my dad just pushed the snake into a box and let it go outside. <laughs> it was very anticlimactic. You know, and and I'm joking with you, but to be fair, I would have had probably a very similar reaction with stink bugs. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I think stink bugs are fine. Yeah. I I actually swallowed one once, and mm. it's it's it was probably traumatic. It's the most, almost the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to me is knowing that there was a live stink bug My daughter in my picked throat. one up and ate one when she was eight months old. She was, like, chomping on it, and I yeah. had to fish it out of her mouth. It was oh, disgusting. Yeah. Okay, we have to move on because <laughs> I will. You're going to break out I'm in gonna cold have sweats. A, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's. Really, that's the thing about fear. Fear is hardwired in our brain. The reaction that you're describing is a a physiological expression of fear. And it's, you know, let's face it, in 5,000 years ago when we were on the savanna, we needed to have that kind of reaction because it would literally save our life. Right. Um, It's... The fear response, even though we don't need it anymore to save our life, and especially in terms of the fight or flight, right? The adrenaline surge, the heart palpitations, all of that. Right. It happens when we are emotionally afraid too. And that's really the impetus for this conversation, right? That fear drives our behavior because it sits in our emotions. Yeah. Because it is pretty rational that a little like teeny tiny snake would even evoke that in me because obviously it's not going to kill me it's not going to hurt me right so it wasn't that you were afraid of the snake you have an emotional reaction to the snake yeah and what was many other things and so what was the emotion (laughs) um i i don't know it was pretty strong i mean i really don't feel like that about much i mean i have anxiety but it's a little different for Mm me um I don't know. It just felt uncontrollable. Like I couldn't stop it. Yeah. Yeah. And so you bring up a good point about anxiety. Anxiety is a fear-based response. Right. Everybody with anxiety is experiencing fear of something. Yeah. Some people believe that there's really only two emotions in the world. That's Um, interesting. Love and fear. Hmm. And that every positive emotion is a love-based. Every negative emotion is a fear-based. Yeah. And to be quite frank, I have never experienced a time when I couldn't identify a fear in a negative emotion. So a fear of losing something, having less of something, or never having something. Mm -hmm. And the something can be time, money, love, affection, um success 
I'm trying to give you like a, a stump, you know, something to stump you. Please do. But I, I can't because I just thought it through and it works your way. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, well, maybe these people that think there's two emotions haven't tried to put three kids to bed on a school night at eight o'clock mm-hmm. because there's a lot of yelling in my house mm-hmm. because the kids, you know, don't want to go to bed at eight o'clock. Right? Mm-hmm. I have night owl children, which doesn't help. But um, and I get angry mm-hmm. and annoyed, mm-hmm. but it really could be boiled down to the fear of not having my own time at night sure and also the fear of having to deal with them in the morning exactly <laughs> with less sleep you yeah know? yeah i mean it really is and, and and in that case it's like i i have a fear of not having enough uh, having the capacity to put up with these i have a fear of losing sleep i have a fear yeah. of losing me time right um i have a fear of not having enough energy in the morning to deal with these cranky kids. Yep. When you understand that, your ability to communicate, and we might even have talked about this a little bit in um, our communication series, but when you understand that, communicating a fear is much easier and I'll give you, I have this great story about it. When Harlan was sick, mm-hmm. and if you haven't been listening, Harlan was my partner. He passed away almost exactly two, two years, years ago. ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was really adamant about helping him eat healthy so that, because I believe that if you eat healthy, your immune system is stronger. And so I would make dinner for him because I usually work into the evening and he would come home around three and he'd take a nap and sometimes he'd wait up for me but sometimes I would be home late and he'd be in bed so I came home opened the fridge and there's the the uh, spinach and broccoli and <laughs> quinoa and whatever other green healthy thing I had for him some kind of protein um untouched yeah and so I was a little concerned and I go in and because it's probably maybe eight thirty at this point and he is in bed lights out Fans on, hoodies over his head. He's out. I know that he is in bed right, for the night. For the night, yeah. Which means he went to bed without eating. Mm. Which I was pissed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I'm like, thanks a lot for eating your dinner. I do work hard to try to keep you healthy. Right. Right. I didn't I didn't say hello, honey. I didn't give him a kiss. I didn't do any <laughs> of that. I just said, thanks a lot for not eating. Right. And I walked out. And I didn't take the time to slowly close the door. And because the wind tunnel was on, uh-huh. the door slammed. Harder, yeah. Yeah. So I'm in the kitchen, and he comes stumbling out. Poor guy. And he's like, Les, Les, what's the matter? I said, well, you didn't eat. That's what's the matter. Right. And he goes, honey, I, I don't feel good. I'm sick, Les. <laughs> so I feel like shit instantly. Right. right? And, he, and I must, but I must have had fire in my eyes. I wasn't ready to be empathetic. And he just looked at me kind of with a disgusted look and turned around and went back into the bedroom. Uh, yeah. By the time I saw him again the next morning, I had calmed down. Mm-hmm. I'd done a little self-introspection. And really what happened is I saw the food and in a nanosecond, my brain went... He didn't eat. He's not going to get the nutrients he needs. 
his immune system isn't going to stay strong, the cancer's going to take over, and he's going to die, right. and I'm going to be alone. Right. And my emotional survival was at stake. Yeah. So my reaction was based on the fear of him dying. Right. Not on anything else. Yeah. So, and when I was able to talk to him about that, he's like, oh, babe, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. And we had this nice little cry sesh. Yeah. Because, of course, he didn't want me to be afraid. And sure. I was, I felt like a schmuck, you know, <laughs> for taking all that emotion out on him. Right. But that's what fear does. That's what it looks like. Yeah. It takes something that was intended to be loving and helpful and turns it into a mess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but that's the human component, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that we all do that. And I just want to reiterate that emotional reactions are generally negative. Emotional reactions are generally based on a fear of losing something, a fear of having less of something, or a fear of never having something. And I really want to challenge everybody who's listening to um, to think about negative reactions in that context. Yeah. So if my husband doesn't answer the phone mm -hmm. the first time I call, mm -hmm. he's dead. <laughs> in your mind. He's dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. he, has, he has been, you know, in an accident or the world that we live in, been shot on campus or mm -hmm. some other horrific thing. And... So then I'll go, we have like a little find app as most people do now. So I'll like go on the app and see where he is. And he's sitting in a coffee shop, you know, on campus. Mm -hmm. And obviously he has his headphone, noise canceling headphones on. And so mm -hmm. he just never heard his phone. But mm -hmm. it's, it is, it's like you, over something so benign. It's just like he, he just didn't hear the phone ring. But mm -hmm. in, our mind instantly goes to death. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, and it's. Certainly, that's a, a big component. I worked with a couple one time who they were they were in trouble. And one of when she, when they first came in, one of her complaints was is that he was too controlling, mm -hmm. that he wouldn't let her go out, that he wouldn't let her see her friends, that, you know, and, and there were lots of things. And of course, my radar just jumps into emotional abuse. That's yeah, very abusive kind right. of behavior. And she had stayed for years. They had several children, and she was kind of over it. Mm -hmm. In working with them, what I came to understand is that he was really suffering from anxiety mm. and didn't know it, never been diagnosed. Um, and one of the reasons that he would say, I don't really want you to go, is because he couldn't protect her. When right. she was outside of his space. Yeah. And while that sounds rather irrational to most of us, that's the power of fear, right? Yeah, yeah. And because he didn't stop to really understand the fear, he couldn't articulate it. And so what really was him trying to be protective and loving looked a lot like control and abuse yeah. yeah you know and that's not the case for everybody there are some psychopaths out there who of course who yeah. have the intent of control and abuse that mm -hmm. wasn't this particular case yeah and it's it's changed dramatically and when he understood that he felt 
awful that his behavior had allowed that belief system to develop in their relationship. Yeah. I think that's just super common. I, I see that all the time yeah. um, around money. Mm-hmm. People who are so desperately worried that mm-hmm. they're going to not have money. Um, everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, relationship. I don't know. I think it's just really, really pervasive. Yeah. And think about mothers and children, right? Or parents and children. It's mm-hmm. not always mothers. We become afraid for our children's safety. And so we act in ways that appear to be really rigid and controlling. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, one might argue that control issues as a whole are based specifically on fear. Yeah. I can't wait until we talk about parenting, which is coming up, because I have a lot to say, but I'm going to save it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. For those of you who are kind of planning your weeks out in uh, October, we're going to start a whole series of parenting yeah. um, sessions or parenting episodes. Yeah. So let's talk about control issues for a minute, because yeah. people people say, you know, oh, she has control issues. And, and to be honest... I was accused of being a control freak for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see it that way. Yeah. You know, I didn't feel like I had a desire to control anything. Yeah. Right. That wasn't my motivation. Sure. Right? Yep. I never really cared what people did unless I was going to be impacted by what right. they did. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if it was going to impact me and I didn't like it or I didn't have a good feeling about it then I went into control mode but that was a fear reaction yeah and again once I was able to see that and I paid it and I um could understand what was driving it now if I think that's going to happen I just tell everybody to clear out because I'm going to shut down the fort yeah you know Mm -hmm. I still shut down my fort but I know that's happening, and I, if you if you don't want to be locked inside with me, you have to emotionally <laughs> distance yourself. Yeah, you know because I'd still go into control. That's a personal safety thing, right? Yeah. But I don't really. I'm not doing it so that I can manage your behavior. Yeah, and it it just seems like such a shame to me too because a lot of the a lot of these things are done seemingly out of love mm-hmm. and care and mm-hmm. concern, mm-hmm. but they're not perceived that way because fear is really kind of muddies the water. Yeah. 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 And so not only is the person who's kind of acting anxious and controlling afraid, but it triggers a fear response in the person, the other person, like, oh, I'm not letting anybody control me. I I have a fear <laughs> of losing independence. Yeah. Right. Or a fear of losing autonomy. It's the battle of the fears. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so many of our reactions yeah. are based, it, as a matter of fact, I would just say every negative reaction is based on a fear. And the the real objective is to try to identify what the fear is. Yeah. So what are some of your fears? Well, I have a fear of being uh, left. Yeah. Um, you know, I think... Oh, we could go in. We could have a whole <laughs> therapy session. But the truth is, I have huge abandonment fears. My mom left us when I was twelve. Rocky died. You know, my first husband. Um, my second marriage was emotionally emotionally abandoned. Um, and then Harlan died. <laughs> you know, so I have this crazy 
fear of losing people I love. Yeah. And to be honest, sometimes it's a huge struggle. Just this morning, I had a conversation with one of my daughters who has, we don't know what she has. She doesn't live here. So, you know, it's just a kind of a telephone exchange. Yesterday, she left work, which meant she was dying because she's a, (laughs) she's such a hardcore worker. Um, and it sounded like maybe she had the flu, but then she said to me today, mom, there's all this white stuff on the back of my throat. And one of her complaints has been a huge sore, huge sore throat. Yeah. So just out of curiosity, Leslie, Mm -hmm. what would you say that was? Well, she probably has strep throat. Hmm. So my suggestion was, <laughs> gee, maybe you should go ahead and get a strep test yeah. because you could take an antibiotic for that. Right, right. And, oh, I don't think so. I'm really feeling better. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm like, okay. And in my head, I'm going, let go, let go, let go. Let go of this, Leslin. You don't <laughs> need to control this, Leslin. Right. Honey, I think you should go get a strep test. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. And I did say to her, you know, look, I'm just afraid because in my experience, I've been around long enough to hear stories of people Mm -hmm. who didn't treat strep. Right. And what happens when strep goes untreated? Well, I... I had. I will just say, I don't know. I don't know that I've heard a story of someone who left it untreated. But I had strep last year. Mm-hmm. I think it was last year. Um, it was the absolute worst I've ever felt in my entire life. I went to the emergency room at two o'clock in the morning mm. because it was so horrifically bad, and I sat there and cried in the emergency room for like an hour. Like I couldn't. It. I felt absolutely horrible. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, and you know. I have heard of people dying from strep infections. Well, it's an infection, right? right. I mean, you can die from any infection. You yeah. can get strep in your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the same like strain. strain mm-hmm. Right. So I will say that. But what I can tell, also tell you is that the lackadaisical response mm-hmm. drives my fear. Now, she's an adult. She's, right. a, she's an incredibly responsible young woman. Right. And... My job now as a mother is to completely let go of my need to control for that. And I'm not trying to control her. I'm trying to protect myself from feeling the pain of loss. Right. Of course. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Right. But that's not what it feels like to her. What it feels like to her is, geez, mom, when are you going to trust me to be an adult? Right. Right. And it really isn't that. I do trust her. But my fear takes over. Yep. And... Sometimes I do a good job of explaining that, mm-hmm. you know, but then I, I still, so I said, go to work, get one of the moms there to look at your throat. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had to hang up because I was afraid I was just driving. I was pissing her off. <laughs> it's, just, it's like, okay, let go. You did your part. <laughs> yeah. And so now I'm not going to think about it because sure. if I worry about her, then that doesn't help me. You know, she really is a very responsible young woman. And I, it's not about her deficiency at all. It's all about my yeah. freaking fear yeah. of loss, right. you know, and it's probably a bit irrational. Maybe this is my snake. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. I have several, several snakes. 
For sure. I think we all do. <laughs> it, we Sure, we do. What's yours? Uh, similar fear of loss. I worry about my kids a lot. I think mm-hmm. any mother worries about that, though. I don't think that's unique to me. Um, similarly to my husband, I think it's all very much like loss-based, immediate family, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband, I, I would say he had a, he had kind of a, a change. He got tenure recently mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. year at his job. And before that he was really like concerned about money all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was no real reason for him to be concerned, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he was. And it was interesting once he got tenure and there was this security mm-hmm. kind of built into his job now. Mm-hmm. Um, his his fear of that got a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he kind of had that safety net now. I think a lot of men have a fear of not being able to provide. Provide, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's many, many, many years ago, a friend of mine said something along the lines of, you know, in our culture, men don't really have a choice. They grow up with this belief yep. that they have to be the providers. And that's a tremendous amount of pressure. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. It might not be quite as bad right now because, but you know, this was maybe 30 years ago, mm-hmm. but it's, that's a pretty significant thing to be afraid and constantly holding yourself um, against a standard of success or earning potential. Right. And yeah. that offers it its own little thing. I kind of think of that kind of goes hand in hand with like the other traditional gender role thing where women are expected to like raise the kids and do all the heavy lifting with the kids. Mm -hmm. And again, that's getting better too, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's, there's a lot of, you know, stuff surrounding both of those things. (laughs) And you know, it's interesting. It occurred to me as I'm sitting, as we're sitting here talking about our children a hundred years ago, parents essentially left their children or children left <laughs> their parents at the age of 14 or 15. Right. And we, and you didn't know if you would ever see them again. Yeah. And sociologically our, we've, our lives have really changed. And I, I almost have to wonder if this isn't, I'm just now thinking of this. I almost have to wonder if there isn't kind of a new fear developing that's being exacerbated by technology and our, the capacity we have to be able to know where somebody is 24 seven. Oh yeah, for sure. You know? And so here's another big fear, the fear of not knowing. Yeah. Right. That's huge for a lot of people. I, I think you, you're definitely onto something there because f- let's go back to the example where if I, you know, my husband misses my phone call, right? Mm-hmm. My fear kicks in. I think something's happened to him. And then I go check the app and let's say his phone is also dead. Mm-hmm. Right. He's perfectly fine, still sitting at the same coffee shop, still mm-hmm. wearing the noise canceling <laughs> headphones, but his phone's dead. And now I can't check the little finder app. Mm-hmm. Well, then I really start to freak out. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, and I think you you had talked about this, oh my gosh, maybe on one of our first podcasts mm-hmm. about... Um, my daughter. Well, the guy at the airport yes. was like super worried about the plane crashing and it made no logical sense. But um, the, re- the probability, right, of... Mm-hmm of his phone dying is so much greater than the probability of, of him being shot at a Starbucks. It, it, yes. yes. I mean, just, yeah, we, the reality is we, our world is much safer yeah. than it used to be. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't, I, I think you're right though. It doesn't feel like that mm-hmm. because we're constantly being like bombarded, bombarded with, with the all the negative mm-hmm. things. Most of it's negative. Mm-hmm. So I think it makes it 
even harder to Mm -hmm. overcome fear in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways. Yeah. And the point that you just made is really poignant in the sense that even though the probability of his phone dying is far greater than him get being shot, your brain goes automatically yeah. to the hardwired fear piece, you know? Yeah. And, and, I, and I'm constantly preaching. I think we probably had this discussion years ago. Focus on the probability, yep. not the possibility. Yes. I always think of it as in, like the mental image that pops through is like, you know, a wheelbarrow and, and how if you travel along the same path with the wheelbarrow, like the groove in the ground is like dug so, so deep, right? Mm-hmm. And it makes it hard for you to like move the wheelbarrow out of the groove a mm-hmm. little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that when we keep going back to these patterns of fear, we're just, we're just digging the trench mm-hmm. a little deeper, a little mm-hmm. deeper. And it's hard to... Mm-hmm change your thinking Mm -hmm. and to get out of that trench Mm -hmm. um but the only way you're gonna fix it is if you do that's right it's hard (laughs) and like so many of our podcasts we talk about this so much of the time that in order to change the way you think you need to actively pursue a different thought yes and eventually a new neural pathway will develop a yeah. new wheelbarrow trail yeah will will be dug and it'll become automatic yeah in the same way but you just have to do that and i think a lot of that is the idea of leaning in to the fear yeah right just when you feel afraid lean into it a little bit yeah and lean a little bit further each time yeah it drives me nuts sometimes with like these um some self-help books or things of that nature where they're like oh it's easy just do this and then it's done i'm like no that is not right that's it's not like that there's no magical if you just think this and then spin around the room and do two jumping jacks you're cured like no it takes practice and time and practice and time and it's like to me it's like saying well it's easy to become a millionaire just make a million bucks (laughs) yeah you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm going to, I'm just, I'm going to challenge that thinking a little bit because I think from a conceptual standpoint, it is easy. It's the idea is simple. Well, the idea is simple, yes. but the, but putting it into practice is not, uh, at least in my experience, is never just as simple as like turning on a light switch. Yeah. You know what this reminds me of? I have a friend who works out five times a week. Mm-hmm. She just gets up and goes to the gym. Hmm. I wonder what that's like. <laughs> well, you see, I don't know what that's like. And I would say, I wish it was that easy. And she said, you know what? It is that easy. Right. You literally get up and you go to the gym. Right. And I think changing your thoughts is pretty much like that. You know, it's... Well, that's what that is that she's done. She changed her thought, right? At some point, she decided... I mean, because she wasn't born going to the gym. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she decided she was going to get up and go to the gym Yeah, five days a week. She developed a habit. She built a habit and she did it and she changed And she got thoughts. motivated. That's right. <laughs> all of the above. <clears throat> and we talk about all those things. <laughs> yeah. But it, that's, I tell clients all the time, everything I say in my office is easy for me to say, but hard for you to do. Right. You know, it's, you're 100% correct in the sense that it's about making a decision. Mm-hmm. And practicing. Yes. 
but it's not a hard thing to it's do. It's not a hard concept. Right. No. Conceptually, it's super easy. Right. It's very simple. Yep. The hard part is making the decision to do it yep. and then continuing to do it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Fear is never going to go away. It's part of your brain. Right. But I really want to encourage people to lean into fear. If you ever see another snake, <laughs> I want you just to stand still. Yeah. Just stand st- perfectly still. I don't care if you're shaking. So I don't mean perfectly still, but yeah. just stand still and, and observe it. Yeah. I'm great at the zoo. <laughs> when there's glass when between there's you. Glass, yeah. yeah. I'm, I don't even like them in the zoo. Yeah, so. I'm great at the zoo. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So pay attention. Self-awareness is a key and lean in. Just That's our try this at home this week, yeah. actually. It's just lean into fear a little bit at a time. And that's our discussion for today. We hope that you enjoyed it and that you'll share this with people that you love or anybody that you feel has control issues or fear. As always, we are super grateful that you took the time to listen. Next week, we're going to be talking about emotional intimacy, and that has the propensity to be a really great discussion, so we hope you'll join us. If you have any questions or comments, we hope that you'll reach out to us on our website, www.trythisathomepodcast.com where of course you can subscribe to our podcast and if you're so inclined we would love a rating on apple podcast if you're an apple podcast listener for now this is leslie and leslin hoping you will try this at home All perspectives and opinions expressed during this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. There is no direct or indirect intention to provide psychotherapy or mental health services. If you are seeking counsel for individual circumstances, please consult with a local health professional.